On this week's edition of the Magic Memories Podcast, Dennis Scott sits down with Otis Smith, the architect of the Magic's finals run in 2009 and a member of the team during the inaugural season. Otis details the front office's decision to draft Dwight Howard in 2004, how he landed Stan Van Gundy as head coach in the first place, the chemistry and camaraderie of that finals team, and much, much more. So get ready. Magic Memories with Otis Smith begins right now. Here with Otis Smith discussing 08-09 season. And Otis, we always talk about a coach and a player, point guard, having a good relationship. But people don't talk about a GM and a head coach having a good relationship. As you were building that team, how'd you know Stan Van Gundy was the guy? Well, Stan was what we needed at the time. Uh, I mean, to get to that point, we went through some rough roads. I mean, we'd go back to hiring Billy Donovan on Friday and (laughs) Billy Donovan changing his mind on Saturday and and then coming to Stan. you know, Stan was a tacticianer. Stan was a smart basketball guy. Stan was going to push our guys that we needed push. We were a young team at the time, and we needed the basics added to our team. Uh, and I thought that he was going to be very, very good for us. He was our, our in-line coach uh, prior to the Billy Donovan thing, and then we were able to hire him. Um, we just worked well together. I mean, he was a tacticianer. I worked well in just making sure he had the tools he needed in order for us to be, you know, successful over the years we're here. Take us back to that Billy Donovan story. Stan said it was pretty interesting that you kept calling him. He's like, he was about to do this in Sacramento. You're like, hold on, Stan. Now, yeah, I think I got this thing working out. Take me back through that story. Stan told that story, huh? Yeah, he told it. (laughs) Well, and I was having a conversation this morning with a similar story. Um, You know, I woke up on Saturday morning and I get this call from Billy's agent say he's changed his mind. He wants to go back to Florida. Right. You know, and I'm, I think I'm halfway in between going to my daughter's game, AU game on Saturday morning. He changed his mind. So I'm like, oh, what do you mean he changed his mind? So I called him, talked to him. He's like, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I want to do it. So I go down to Gainesville. I drive down to Gainesville, sit down, talk to him. He changed his mind. He wanted to stay. So on my way down, I call Stan. I knew he was in Sacramento. <laughs> he was just getting ready to sign the contract. And I said, if you haven't signed the contract, don't sign it. I can't tell you anything else because really I was, we were under contract with Billy Donovan. There was nothing I could do other than to tell him, don't sign the contract. Right. And Stan and Billy are close, so I figured he would figure it out. <laughs> I guess all I could tell him. Uh, and then, you know, the whole weekend, I just sat on that. Negotiating with Pat Riley to get Stan out of his right. contract right. was probably the hardest thing I had to do. That One of the hardest things we had to do that weekend because Pat knew he had me between the rock and the hard place, and he mm-hmm. wanted a first-round pick and a million bucks. And wow. I was like, I can't give you a first-round pick and a million bucks. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. Right. So we go back and forth, back and forth, and we didn't have a choice because we were really under the gun. Right. And so finally I get ownership involved. And so I had Bob call their owner, Mickey, and, and they worked out a deal where we were able to, to get Stan in. Uh, uh, it only cost us, you know, a second round pick protected and, and, and half a million dollars. But it, <laughs> it did cost us something to get him, but we, we were happy to have him. You get Stan, you get him into the organization, Dwight's here. How did that conversation go when you said you want to build the team around Dwight? 
Well, it was easy. I mean, Dwight uh, at that time was one of the most talented basketball players, you know, coming into our league. Even when we drafted him, we knew he had a chance to be great, mm -hmm. you know, not just good. We, you know, good would have been drafting him at Oka for. He'd have been mm -hmm. good. Uh, mm -hmm. Great, a shot at greatness was Dwight. I mean, right. Dwight could do a lot of things, and he was a young, athletic big. He could not pass on. Um, so him teaching was huge. Uh, at the time, Patrick Ewing was out of a job, and so Stan was able to hire Patrick, and that helped with the growth of Dwight. Uh, Dwight's biggest asset to our team was he demanded so much attention on mm -hmm. both ends of the floor until it allowed our other guys to do what they do. I mean, on defensive end, he just take over a game. There was nothing you really could do when he decided he wanted to play. Uh, he he played and he just he dominated the game on the defensive end of the floor, and on the offensive end of the floor. His role to the basket was such a presence. And I know you can relate to having yeah. Shaquille. That's right. Uh, when he rolled to the basket, he took so many people with him until it opened up the floor for everybody else. So it was a, a beautiful thing to have happen. Free agency sometimes can be a tough deal. You went out there and got Rashard Lewis. How did you know he would fit into the team as well as he did? Well, I mean, we had money to spend. Um, and I, I was doing my homework uh, on him and what we need. So when you're putting it, this is just me, I'm old school. When you're putting a team together, you're putting a team together, you're building a team. You're not collecting, I call it collecting talent. So yeah. you have to have complementary pieces to the guys that you already have. His temperament fit with what we were trying to do here. His ability to score the ball fit with what we were trying to do here. At the same time, you have to bring in guys that your coach can coach. Right. And, they're, and they are susceptible to who he is. He's not going to change who he is as a coach. Mm -hmm. So we had to bring in guys that was going to fit into the style. Um, and we went into the season, quite honestly, not starting Richard and Turk at the same time. We went into the season starting, you know, Tony Batiste, mm -hmm. and Tony got hurt. Right. And it just so happened that we ended up starting those guys at the same time. And it created problems, you know, for everybody else, you know, the stretch four was yep. kind of born, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, out of out of those two guys, and and then and I thought Stan did something unique, and he allowed Turk to have the ball and have some freedoms, mm -hmm. uh, which he hadn't had until that point. He really hadn't had any freedom, so when, when we were able to get him, that was that was even bigger than than getting Richard, and he played out of his mind. So you're playing four out, one in. Dwight's rolling to the basket. You get on the run. Jameer goes down. What went through your mind? What made you dig into the, your, your, your scrapbook? And next thing you know, you got to get ready for offense. Take me through that. Well, again, you got to get guys who can play for your coach. Right. I mean, that's, that was huge for me. So when we start talking about filling a hole, uh, talent-wise, Rafer was one of the most talented basketball players out there. Uh, he just happened to be out there because not a whole lot of coaches at that time was trying to coach Rafer. Mm -hmm. because Rafer was a little bit of a handful. Mm -hmm. And Stan had had some success with him in Miami. And we talked about it, we talked about it. And, and you know, as we talked about earlier, I'm a plan A guy. So beginning of the season, we all in on plan A. Right. And then J Jameer goes down and we say, okay, now we gotta, 
know, really, not really punt, but got to find a way to, to sustain. And so bringing in Rafer and sliding you know, Anthony Johnson in the backup, that was huge for us. I mean, that was, and Rafer had a great year and Anthony Johnson had a great year and that, that kind of propelled us up. Uh, but at the time, be real honest with you, Jameer was having an all-star year. He went to the all-star game that year. Mm -hmm. And we went out west on our first West Coast trip of the season. And we were 5-0, I believe. I think we went out there and we just, we just put a whooping on everybody out there. And so we used to do fun things. Yeah, those guys, you got to entertain them. You got to talk to them and entertain them all the time. Give them goals and little short goals. So uh, leading up until that West Coast trip, I talked about it being a business trip. You know, dude, this is all about business. I, I, we were on the plane. I emptied the plane. Everybody off the plane, we're going to stand here. I think I had a hard hat, a tube belt on. <laughs> and I say, this is a business trip. We're going out there to take care of business. We're not going out there to play. And we had to send a message almost to the league that we're a team to beat. And, and Jameer was playing. He was shooting the ball incredible. I mean, mm -hmm. he was shooting the ball incredible. He was playing out of his head. So we, he was playing so great till I, you know, go, him going down, we figured we were, Kind of rough, but when Rafer came in, Rafer did a good job in just filling the hole, making great passes, and then Anthony came in his backup was awesome. Talk to different players and stand that when Rafer came in, there was a game on the road where the way he was distributing the basketball, everyone was like, yes, we want Rafer. This is going to work. Now it's rolling, you're finishing up the season, you're getting ready for the playoffs. How was Stan and you figuring out, do we get him here back in or do we wait? Take me through that conversation <laughs> in the offices. Yeah, we, we, have, we have those things that kind of, you know, you think about from year to year. I mean, I, that's, those, that's the one I still go back and, and rethink on how, how you do things. Should I did it different? Should we have held him out? And, you know, but I still think we still had a chance to win the finals. We make a shot here or there. Mm -hmm. You know, Courtney Lee tipping in, Dwight free throw. We still have a chance to, to, to even, even win the championship. Uh, you know, I'm about the wholeness of people. Right. And Jameer needed to be whole because he was part of our future of our team. Uh, he was ready to come back. I wanted to give him an opportunity to, to play at that time. Um, it may have affected our chemistry a little bit because you're, you had Rafer was playing well, you had Anthony Johnson was playing well, mm -hmm. and we're in the finals. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're in the finals, when you're a good team and you, you tell young players, young coaches, young executives the same thing, when you're in the finals, at that point in time when we're on a sin, you think you're going to be in the finals every year. I'm sure the 95 oh. season... You, yes. No one could have told you you weren't going to be back <laughs> exactly. in '96, and so you think you're going to be back. So you think you're building, you know, for the future, and you need Jameer there and healthy, mentally and physically, in order to build for the future. So that was our thought process going into it. He was healthy, ready to go. You know, could he set? Yeah, he could have set. Um, and could we went on with our team and possibly had a chance to win? It was hard to tell, but I knew. The wholeness of him, I needed him with our team, uh, and our team needed him. Dwight was our biggest and most talented basketball player, but our leader, by far not even close, was the little guy. It was not even close, mm -hmm. even healthy or unhealthy. Uh, he was the toughest mentally guy we had on our team, and he was the guy who they all looked to when it was time uh, to go. He was the guy to get them going. Uh, 
And they all did things in a different way. Turk was Turk, Rashard was the silent one. But when he spoke, everybody listened to him. But Jay was the guy that they all listened to all the time. And when his presence was around being injured and, the, and people could kind of look over their shoulder, okay, he's getting healthy. Did that put pressure on Rayford or Anthony Johnson to keep playing their game or was the overall chemistry team good? Our team was good. There was no, no ins and outs worried about guys being ready and not ready. I mean, to think about it, Jameer didn't play into the finals. So we had to get to the finals. We right. had to go through some pretty good teams in order to get there. So those guys were still playing, you know, pretty good basketball at a pretty high level at that time. So him, have, him rehabbing, getting ready to get back, I don't think anybody worried about that. We had a unique bunch of guys that were able to block things out and able to play. They, they were allowed for Dwight to be Dwight mm -hmm. and do the things he does. And we played with that. We used that to our strength. And we were a deep basketball team. We, we didn't have a whole lot of issues. We practiced hard because we had, you know, we had 10, 11, 12 guys. Right. And guy 15 was just as important as guy one. So we took our time when we built our team and make sure we got the right kind of guys in, in our locker room. Speaking of the right kind of guys, you had a guy, Steve Clifford, an assistant coach at that time. Now he's the head coach at the Magic. Why is he such a good fit for the Magic these days? Well, Steve is uh, a lot like Stan. Uh, he's a smart basketball guy, tacticianer, understands uh, the NBA, the NBA player, understand what it takes to win. Um, and he's able to find the right buttons and push the right buttons. Mm -hmm. He was good for Stan because he took some of the weight off of Stan, so it allowed Stan to free Stan up to, to do some of the housekeeping things that he had to do as it relates to, you know, managing a club. When you're managing a team that's, you know, to have, you know, your all-star superstar center, uh, a young point guard and your big free agent Richard and Turk who was at that time coming into his own really coming into a free agency uh, so it really helped in the growth of our team and Steve was able to free those guys up but Steve put in a lot of time with the likes of JJ and the likes of Turkaloo and those guys doing getting those guys ready to to play. Those guys were workers, so they came in and worked, and Steve put a lot of time into those guys. Steve's a good basketball guy. He's a, he will do very well in Central Florida, for sure. Speaking of workers, Gortat and Dwight, why do they work so well together? <laughs> Ying and yang. <laughs> I mean, in one way, they, they are physical. Both of them are very physical, and they beat each other up a right. lot. Um, right. Practices was very physical for them. And they learned a lot from each other. Uh, Marcin had a touch and the white did not have a touch. Uh, uh -huh. And so he, you know, they veered to have some similar characteristics. Dwight is just a beast. And so when you practicing against that every day, right. it's, you're just going to get better. I mean, right. you're not going to, it's not one of those things where you got to go and send him to the G League to get better. It's one of those things where his G League was every day. Right. He was around our coaches. And he was around Dwight every day. And then when you, when you take Dwight off the floor for 10, 15 minutes, you can come on with the guy who was not going to be so demanding of the ball, and he was going to do all the things that you needed to do. Those are the things I think people, don't, that people take for granted. When you're playing a guy like Dwight, who's such a presence, and you take him off the floor, 
Now who has to pick up the slack? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no difference. In, you had Shaquille, when he's off the floor, who get to pick up the slack? Right. So now somebody else's offensive game get to go a little bit more. So mm -hmm. we relied a lot more on Turkoglu. We relied a lot more on Rashard. Uh, you know, Jameer was Jameer. I mean, he was going to do what he was going to do. He was going to shoot those slot threes, and he had to make those slot threes at a high level for mm -hmm. us to be successful, successful because he was going to be open. I mean, you just you to think about it. He's going to be the guy that's going to be open. If I got to pick my poison, I'm going to live with him beating us as opposed to allowing those other guys. So Dwight and uh, Gortat just beat each other up a little bit. Is there one thing throughout that season that you sit at home sometimes as, man, I wish I could have changed that, or just a, a magical moment? You know, I don't, I don't know. Probably I go back and I, I look at maybe we should have kept Jameer out and not played him and maybe we had a chance. But we played two, in the finals, we played two beasts. I mean, Rashard had to guard Paul Gasol. Mm -hmm. uh, he had to guard him too. And that created a little bit of a matchup problem. I thought everywhere else we were fine. Um, but that created a little bit of a matchup problem. Uh, like a shot, we make a shot here or there, uh, we're in the game. Courtney tip in, if he tips it in, mm -hmm. we win the game. If mm -hmm. Dwight makes a free throw, we win the game. So the series tied 2-2. So you got a chance. So from that standpoint, I don't, I don't know if there's anything I, I do different. Probably the biggest thing, you know, in those years, we were a close, con connected group of guys. And so probably no different than in 95. Mm -hmm. And we were a close, connected group of guys. We had our issues from time to time, but there was nothing that separated the bunch. And we went into the season saying our goal is to win an NBA championship. And that was, that's our goal. That was not anything we were going to talk about different. We talked about it publicly. Mm -hmm. We let it be known that that's what we were, we were trying to do. And our guys bought into it from the day that they walked in here in September until they left, that, that, that we were a good basketball team and deserving of an NBA championship. And that was probably the, the, maybe the most disappointing thing about that year is that we, we fell short. I mean, I remember winning the Eastern Conference championship and everyone's looking for me on the picture on the court and they're like where is Otis so you can take a picture where's Otis he want to talk to the group I'm like <laughs> nope that's not my goal right. my goal is not to win the Eastern Conference Finals my goal is to win an NBA championship and so we were all in on that I mean we had a good close-knit group of guys our players on the floor our staff was good and we worked our tails off in order to get there and that, that was the key you the man.